Welcome to the Otaku Melancholy Podcast, a podcast full of deceit, lies, and kawaii. E. <laughs> my name is Matt, and I would be really honest with you, steampunk ain't my thing. And I'm Audrey. You got a license for that anime? Oh, you got you got a license for that license. You got a license for the accent. You, shout out to all our to all our listeners from the from the UK who have to deal with our crappy uh our crappy replications of their accent every single week. Shout out to all our listeners from the UK who have to pay a tax to listen to our episodes. Thanks, Brexit. Is, is that for real? No. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like, where, 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 how, how do you tax a podcast? Well, you do it more and more over time is how I figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what the Patreon is? The Patreon? The Patreon (laughs) is so that I don't have to pay for the website anymore because that thing is expensive. It's, is that how the government works? You charge a tax and then you do less? <laughs> I guess it's true. <laughs> Which is why we get pay, we get paid we got a Patreon and suddenly it was no new episode this week, guys, sorry. Yeah, we're not talking about this anime is, this week. Audrey's not gonna be on this episode. You didn't pay enough, sorry. You didn't get the full complete character pack. <laughs> you got the you only got the deluxe edition, not the ultimate deluxe edition. You got digital the, ultimate deluxe edition, got, sorry. Gotta get the Otaka Melancholy Battle Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Unlock new additional skins for us. Uh well speaking of people who have skin, <laughs> this is a listener request by IKEA Plant, who I've been told has skin, or I'm going to imagine he does. I, he's got an Instagram. I'm not gonna like dox him or anything, but he is a very handsome man. I bet. He played a guitar really good. Hmm. Anyways, he recommended like three shows, and this was the one I thought I could watch, even though, as I just said earlier, I hate steampunk. I, well, I don't hate steampunk. I don't get the appeal. I get the appeal. And I, I don't. I don't see what the appeal is of having a watch on your hat. <laughs> you know, that's well, like every steampunk thing I see. Dumb steampunk. You gotta have actually good steampunk. Anyways, we're talking about Princess Principle, bef- just so everyone can stop being in the dark. Yeah, well, they can read, so I hope they know what we're talking about. You always assume that. You assume a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what assuming does. It makes an ass out of you and me, and uh, I'm already kind of an ass, so what can I do here? Yeah, he recommended it to us, and we're going to be doing another recommendation next week. Yeah. So look forward to that. We're outsourcing our projects. <laughs> yeah. Well, literally, we don't we don't know what to do with this podcast anymore. You come up with an idea. You do it. And then we might also do Monogatari second season. <laughs> it's been put off so much. <laughs> we have an itinerary. As I said in the last episode, you pay for the pa- the Patreon is so you can have a general prediction of what might happen in the future. <laughs> I looked at our previous episode. And it, has, it has been over a year since we last talked about Monogatari on this show. Dang. <laughs> Where has the time gone? I, it's... What do I we don't do? Know. How about you silence your phone, you f- 
fucking hack. I can hear it vibrate from here. Oh my god, I'm sorry that I'm <laughs> that I'm popular. Jesus. <laughs> Excuse me for having a rich social life with other weebs who also only communicate via text messages. I'll I'll yeah. Fuck, there we go. It's off now. Yeah, you're excused. You my mom? I, it wasn't even from my weebs. It was from work. I can't be your mom. What? Oh, hello. <laughs> well, uh, here we are. Going to do Princess Principle, but as you may or may not know, depending on which episode this is for you, before we engage in the topic of anime, we like to check in and see what everybody's been doing. So, Audrey, what have you been doing? I've been expanding my gaming horizons. Yes. And by that, I mean playing a lot of Tetris. Oh, really? Yeah, I found out Tetris Effect is on Game Pass. It's the, oh, really? Yeah, it's that new one with all the colors and and the very funky music Ooh. that really gets you in the groove. I'm actually on Game Pass for PC right now, going to download it. Yeah, it's so fun. And... I sucked at first, but then I was starting to get in the zone, you know, where you could start seeing all the patterns of where pieces can fall and start predicting. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, it's very music based and it, it's very good. It has the core song in the background as the level progresses. And mm-hmm. there's like little notes that play whenever you move the piece side to side or tilt it. Mm hmm. And each level has has its own song theme. Like one is, you know, soft EDM. Then it goes to, like, uh, some classic Indian, and then it mm-hmm. goes to like uh, Buddhist Zen. Hmm. Hmm. I'm looking at the preview images right now. It looks very psychedelic. It is. Oh. And. Uh, yeah. Or got it downloading now. It's even surprisingly, you wouldn't expect it. It's very, very fun in VR. Oh, Tetris in VR. How's that work? It's just basic. It's the same as you know playing it on your computer screen. But what makes it good in VR is that you're enveloped in Tetris effect. Like there's no monitor cutoff where oh it's the game and then real life. It's mm-hmm. you're in the world space of Tetris and you have the playing field in front of you. You have the headphones on to blast mu- the music in your ears and you get even more focused in the zone. It's like all your, all your senses dedicated to Tetris. I am become Tetris. <laughs> I, I, I am the Tetramino. So that's cool. Anything else? I downloaded Yakuza Like a Dragon. That just got posted on Game Pass. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to skip Yakuza 0 through 6 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And just played Like a Dragon because you told me that was a a top hit. Oh, yeah. That game was an astounding experience. The ending profoundly affected me mm-hmm. in a way I had not anticipated. Maybe okay. once I finish that, I uh, will do an episode on that. Uh, I'm not gonna hold my breath. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Because that was 
<laughs> that was the Yakuza 0 thing, and I completed Yakuza 0, and you said, I'm on chapter 3. <laughs> <laughs> In other gaming news, I finally started on Skyrim for the first time after 10 years of it being out. Really? Yeah. You've never played Skyrim before? Nah, never got around to it. Hmm. I was more into Fallout than Skyrim. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that is very interesting. I would, you know, maybe when you get further on, we should do a Patreon episode or something on that, because I'm very interested in seeing what someone who's never played it before has to take away after 10 years of, like, compared to modern gaming, you know? Yeah. Because I played it fairly recently, and it has its issues. Mm Mm-hmm. So, your perspective on that would be very interesting to me. Uh, spoiler on that episode, then. The game looks like like stale beef jerky. <laughs> but It looks like a Slim Jim <laughs> and a sun lamp. <laughs> uh, I got about as far as, what is it, River Run? Whatever that river town is called. Yeah, sure, why not? It's like the first town you get to, and then Halo Infinite dropped. So, Skyrim is going to get put on the back burner a bit more, unfortunately. Dang. Once again, another project has been indefinitely postponed by this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Do I go here? Uh, What have you been up to, Matt? Oh, okay. It's my turn. Uh, So, anime-related news. I am now on episode 50 of Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh, nice. With... I am surprised that I got as far as I did. I keep thinking that I, it's easy to turn on with a dub. You know, Kuabara is still my all-time baby. <laughs> You're a meshy. Love that man. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, But I will, like I said previously in the episode, the dark tournament's kind of burning me out. And I would love to talk about just what what my beef I don't have beef with you, Hockey Show, but there are some things that going through it, I'm kind of like, eh, this isn't the best thing in the world but i'm having a relentless amount of fun with it so it's sir it's really it's really good it's really good good Mm, 8.5 out of 10 so far Ooh, that's pretty high score it's a pretty high score um so you hockey show has been what i've mainly been focusing on i've been picking up my seasonals as well i recently started platinum end the anime that was behind the same mangaka team as death note Mm mm-hmm Obviously, you can see that they just, they love what they love. <laughs> and I'm unsure about how I feel about it, but I've picked that up, started Comey, and started Blue Period. So I've just basically said, took in all the gems and said, this is what I'm going to watch now. Yeah. But video game wise, I'm struggling through Yakuza 3. <laughs> remastered because it is such a sluggish game Mm -hmm. it is so just playing the other games in the series first is a detriment if you play the kiwami versions because it's just this gameplay is so fun yay i got comboed into a wall and got stood up just to get comboed again (laughs) isn't kiryu such a badass yay fun and halo infinite as well pretty fun halo you know yeah i saw saw you on discord and i saw the tagline says playing halo infinite and i'm just like 
excuse me and you didn't let me know? I, I had just downloaded it. And you didn't let me know? What am I supposed to do? Call me up. Let you, Sit, let shoot you me an Xbox message. Shoot you an Xbox message. I don't shoot anybody Xbox messages. <laughs> I have like three friends on Xbox. Is one of them me? Uh, mm. That's a good question. This is the old, old Xbox account, so maybe not. It is... It looks like I... <laughs> <laughs> my friends on Xbox are all my friend John and his alt accounts. <laughs> so I'm going to say no. Oh, and JD, who is apparently online right now watching something on HBO Max. Interesting. Interesting, JD. What are you watching? We should pester him. I'm going to send him a message and interrupt yeah. his, valu- Everyone, his valuable time with his wife. Everyone listening to this episode right now, go and at jd and find out what he's watching yeah everybody just consistently bother jd i don't know just do it it seems like a good job it's your your uh, regularly scheduled reminder to go listen to the anime brothers and uh, anyways t- that's tell, it them for me. Otaka, tell them otaka host club sent you yeah sure plug all our friends it's just real quick just circle jerk shonen flop talking anime watch the uh, who anybody's everybody everybody uh Sipping for Senpai, I'm just naming podcasts off the top of my head. Strictly series. I'm good at this. I remember I remember all my friends. <laughs> Do all that while you're listening to Greshmon. There you go. Let's get let's, let's get on this. Okay. So Princess Principal. Princess? She's not just your prince princess principal. She's your princess principal. <laughs> so is this the principal as in the the person who's in charge of school or like the uh, the main thing Which, uh they weren't they calling the units principals i don't know i think they were i'm fairly certain they were okay so princess principal <laughs> what is this about well it's an alternate world in which uh uh in the early 20th century <laughs> <laughs> basically basically the europe's decided to make a berlin wall mm-hmm. and split them so london london split itself into the kingdom and the commonwealth yeah so L- and now- yeah britain had a had a big empire after the discovery of a new material called cavorite which basically allows zero g wackadoodle magic technology and <laughs> so magic and so uh England became a global or like a big superpower, uh, so much so that they had a civil war, <laughs> and so a divide a Berlin Wall was set up in London, separating the the well, yeah, the empire into two uh, nations: the Kingdom of Albion and the Commonwealth of Albion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're in peace right now. It's a cold war between themselves. And this takes focus on the spies that each nation sends against each other. And Mm -hmm. these spies in particular are sent from the Commonwealth to engage in what's called Operation Changeling, in which they uh, are going to trade out the princess of the kingdom and swap them for a doppelganger. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that's gonna be some that's gonna be some juicy politics once that 
once that goes into play. Well, this is also, there's also some fun little things about that that we'll talk in a spoily woily section. Mm-hmm. Because when that plot thread got revealed, I said, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this this world is entirely steampunk because, of course, it is. It's mm-hmm. London. <laughs> so, so quick question. Did you watch this sub or dub? I originally said I'm going to do this casually and watch it dubbed. But then I just like two episodes in said, I'm just going to do subs. Oh, man, you missed out. The voices are so fucking British. Really? Yeah, you can tell. Like, fake British or real British? I don't know, because I got to the point where I just got used to it, and I couldn't tell if it was actually good or just ridiculously good. Hmm. But I got enveloped in the Britishness of them all. Like, there was a part in one of the mid-episodes where one of, one of the girls says, What's this, then? Oh, <laughs> oh you're having a laugh? <laughs> some of it's kind of, like, refined Cockney British, and some of it's, like, actual Cockney British. And, and of course, that depends on your social standing. Like, the commoners working in the sewing factory are very... Oi! Oh, <laughs> what are you doing around here? You can't be sitting on the, on the presser like that. Oh, you can't be eating your foodsies on that, on that with the jobby wonka on the brill. But my dude, oh, I'm, you missed I'm out so on Dorothy in, oh. in her native tongue. Jeez. Ooh, might have to rewatch Princess Principal because Dorothy is the best girl in the show. Dorothy is... Dorothy is more valuable than Cavarite. <laughs> Dorothy, this is the Dorothy show for me. <laughs> I hate it because when she first appeared, you know. So the core plot of this story originally is just, I'm Angie, I'm a super spy, and I'm going to infiltrate and <laughs> replace this girl. But uh-oh, this girl's my friend, so I'm going to help her. And then what? The princess wants us to, wants to help us? So sh- she'll be part of our team? Yay. And, and we're saying that sarcastically, but legitimately, the plot threads from the first episode, it, the first episode is such a uh, is such an excellent way to get you invested in a show, I feel like. Mm-hmm. There's because, something... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, because the episodes air out of... Or they're, store, they're out of or, order. <sighs> well, fucker, you took fi- the thing I was going to say. Well, I mean, that's what you got to say. That's what makes it so good is that it, it starts you immediately in the thick of it. And then it's a flashback. Then it's a flash forward. It's it's like some Mona Gattery shenanigans. Yeah. And you can kind of catch it, too, with the episodes called uh, like Case 6 or Case 19 or Case 22. Because even when they're chronological, um, the next episode will skip a bunch of cases. So it shows like, mm-hmm. oh, they've done some stuff until then, so you can have like some like some consequences happen, but not have to explain them. Right. Well, that, that I I like that. I yeah. like that a lot because it's basically keeping the story to a consistent pace. In the first episode, being basically the the gang's all here, mm-hmm. and they're all familiar with each other, and they're going to do this, you know this 
what is it, the rescue mission? Yeah. Or they were going to put somebody over in the Commonwealth. And it it was consistently entertaining. Because mm-hmm. you got to see all the girls' youth stairs use their special tactics. Dorothy being the driver, Ange, be, or Ange being the uh, deceiver, Chise being the basically the muscle, and Beatrice using her voice modulator, and uh, the princess, I guess, being the heart. Do do they call do they call her Ange? Yeah, it's Ange in the dub. In the dub. They call her Angie. Angie. Interesting. I thought it would be Different. called Angie, but I guess not. Uh, that's once again. <laughs> I've only seen it written. It's how these dub actors work. Also, uh, interesting little mm-hmm. uh, reference homage. Uh, Ange, Are you gonna whip out. Hmm? Uh, you're gonna whip out the fact that her last name is the uh, is the author of uh, the spy who came in from the cold, right? Yeah, thanks for stealing my thunder again, douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, do I need, do I even need to be here? You're literally in the realm of literature. That's legitimately my playground. Okay. You haven't even read The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. You can't even read. Oh, and you did? Oh, well, sorry for I being, did. Sorry for being Bec- in the presence of an esteemed gentleman reader. You are. So fucking bow down. Grovel before me, you, Philist- you Philistinian pledge of a mother of a poop head, you doo-doo licker. <laughs> Perish before me. I am your god. <laughs> no, did... no, but Pinson, our our, 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 our our history teacher, like recommended it to me because I was reading a James Bond book mm-hmm. and he was like, because he said that he you should read some of that stuff. And so I read it and he, he literally came behind me and said, oh, that stuff sucks. Read this. And I was like, you're the one who told me to read this, sir. <laughs> I'm only doing what you told me to do. That is cool, though. I, I'm glad. Did you look that up or did you recognize it? I recognized it. It's like, huh, Angela Carr. That sounds familiar. That's the one who did a Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, isn't it? Oh, dang. Is that real? Mm. Let me double mm. check. I don't want to be super wrong. You, you're right. It's Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Okay. Yeah. For those not in the know, John LeCar is a well-known author of many uh, espionage spy novels. I believe there was a show on, I think, HBO that was based on, what was the spider came in from the cold? I think so. No, the uh, it was like the hotel manager or something like that. Well, the fascinating thing about, uh, about, John, about this author in particular is that he was actually working for the security service and, you know, like, for, for Britain. Mm-hmm. So his stuff is very down to earth and what spies would actually do, unlike your James Bond and like this sort of this what Princess Principle is, but Princess Principle by being in a cyber I was about to say cyberpunk, like wow man, <laughs> what are you doing? Like steampunk world, it kind of functions, you know, with more with more of that fantasy element. Yeah. Speaking of which, one cool thing before we get further on is I loved in that first episode when they were using they were using the uh, the orb mm-hmm. to float, and it got too hot. She shoved it into a can a canister full of water, yeah, to cool it down. I don't know why, but that got me like rock hard excited. Yeah, because it's a 
they introduce the technology and then they introduce stuff like, oh, the technology has been in use. They have like little uh, workarounds about it. A lot of jury rig mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's really a, a big part of like fun. I like fun little details like that. You know, if she could just use that orb indefinitely and that it had no limitations, mm-hmm. then that would be irksome to me personally to make this world feel less believable. But it, it really works. It really yeah, works. It makes this world feel lived in, makes it feel like it all exists together. Right. Right. That's exactly what it does. It never feels like obviously there's fantasy elements in it, but they never become that stupid fantasy. Like I was saying earlier about steampunk and they're, oh, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a clock upon me head. I'm Flavor La Flav. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm Tasty Taste. <laughs> <laughs> tasty. <laughs> but. There, I, I, I don't, I didn't like when we first started. I said I, I, I had high hopes, but I also saw saw steampunk, and I said, "Yay, cogs and gears and fanciful clothes." But it never got to that hard steampunk, you know. Mm-hmm. It's very logical steampunk, where it has the right. vi- has that Victorian age aesthetic, but you don't have yeah. anything like a steam powered clockwork robots or anything like that. Which right. Which you, I, I'm, you, I'm sorry, I'm getting so excited that you're like, there's no steam powered robots. I'm like, thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah, you do have clockwork robots like the Mechanical Turk back in the day, but you know that was, based pretty much a music box, and the stuff I usually see in, uh, like deep steampunk is, basically Transformers but with clockwork, which is, it it it's beyond the suspension of disbelief. Yeah, well, I that I don't like that. I'm not the biggest fan of when the when there's implementations in steampunk mm-hmm. that are just overly fanciful. Yeah, you know, like I understand that the appeal is that there's sort of this mystical sort of aesthetic that goes with it. You know, like one of the biggest, the be- best fun of an aesthetic is when it's really obscure and it fits just the right way for you. Mm-hmm. And I I I don't like steampunk because some of the things in it are just kind of absurd to me. Like zeppelins, I don't like zeppelins. <laughs> Why not? I just don't. I don't like zeppelins at all. Really scarred after in- the Hindenburg, huh? <laughs> no, zeppelins are stupid. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, any Zeppelin fans, but why would I would I don't want to be in a big airplane balloon? I mean, they were phased out for a reason. We had Zeppelins; they were massively popular, and then they died out. That's just history. Yeah, but that's like, the march of technology, march of progress. But they have zero G technology <laughs> yeah. in this, and they're not using it to not make airplane bombs. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying Zeppelins are dumb. Oh, I could, the only, only could think Zeppelin, so. <laughs> the only Zeppelin I like, kids, is a lead Zeppelin. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm lead poisoning. cool with the youth. Oh, well, it's a band, you stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I like thinking of that uh, scene from A Christmas Story where... Uh, little Randy opens up his presents and says, Oh, wow, a Zeppelin! (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> he just rolls it on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so silly. It's such a silly thing. Speaking. Speaking of silly. Uh, You know who I didn't like in the show? Uh, for a majority of it? Beatrice? Yeah, I didn't like Beatrice. I figured you wouldn't. Why? Because the way she is. It's like, I, I think someone else made fun of her too. Oh, no, no, no. That was you in Discord. Like, princess, princess, princess. Yeah. Indeed, that was me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just get annoyed. She's just like, Hime, Hime, princess, princess. <laughs> and then... It's just, I, I, I didn't even like her design. I was like, your buns look stupid, girl. <laughs> you and your stupid bun, and your, and your, sir, this is a Wendy's throat. <laughs> I, I just didn't like her. I did like that, though, in the early episodes where she was getting so flustered and so high-pitched that her throat mechanism went all out of whack. And mm-hmm. she had, like, a little trauma moment, and she had to go fix it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I didn't like her, but she did have some moments, especially her moments with Dorothy, mm-hmm. with Dorothy's um episodes, which n- no spoilers, but Dorothy right now, but Dorothy's episode, <sighs> yeah, it it hurt me. Kind of strange because that episode was it didn't have the music in the credits, which is usually what they pull out when <laughs> when they have the the feels episode it's like time to pull out the musicless credits mm-hmm. meanwhile some of the episodes after it were just as gut-wrenching mm-hmm. but they didn't pull that out for that yeah well i mean that first episode because have easily whipped out the feels music mm-hmm. because as angie's you know shooting what was it she was saying uh, the she was saying yes or no. Uh, what was the scene? Like the Eric or whatever, the guy who was trying to defect defect to the other to the other Commonwealth or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was saying like she was saying like, oh, I'm not gonna kill you, and then she shot him. Yeah, and he was like, you always lie, and she's like, I'm a spy, I have to. And then he's like, well, can you at least make me feel better about how I'm dying or something like that? And as she's shooting him, she's saying something. She's saying something like, I'm not shooting you. It's not something that's stupid and memeable, yeah. but it's something that would, it hurt in that moment. Uh, it's like, you're going to be okay or something like that. Yeah, you're going to be okay. Yeah, Something like that. Her whole stick is that she's always lying, that pretty much everything she says is a non-truth. Mm-hmm. She's always talking about how she's from the Black Lizard Planet, mm-hmm. which, which is obviously a detraction from where she's actually from. So it's yeah, it's she's telling the truth, but the truth is mad libbed out with uh, distractors. So like instead mm-hmm. of saying I'm from such and such province of Albion, which would let you know, oh, she's actually from this. She says I'm from the Black Lizard Planet. <laughs> Or like, uh, I learned how to do this from the Black Wizard Planet, which is to tell you, okay, she did learn that from somewhere, wherever she's from, but I don't know where she's from. Mm-hmm. 
but then we do find out where she's from in the uh, in the big episode. Yeah, the big episode. Um, I actually want to praise that voice actress because because of the nature of who Angie is as a character, she's constantly like, "Yes, princess, this is what we'll do." And then another person approaches and like, "Hi, princess." And she's like, "How are you doing? You're the best." Yeah, they do that in the dub too. Oh, th- really? Yeah. Like I might among her group, she has this very posh accent, but when she's in public around the princess, then she gets a very like a uh, commoner accent to show show that uh you know she's just a a regular girl that happens to be friends with the princess. Hmm. Interesting. I she's basically just fluctuates between sort of a Genki style. And a just her regular sort of aloof style when she's with the princess. But then she kind of lightens it up during those more tender moments. That's why I really, really like this voice actress. It's She was really good as Angie. Yeah. Just stellar. Something else I really liked about the voice work in this for the dub is episode five, the Chisei origin episode. Mm-hmm. Everyone spoke English, especially Chisei. But when Toto... And his gang showed around. Toto spoke, and his crew spoke exclusively Japanese. Mm-hmm. And then Chisei would flip over to Japanese too, which is kind of a shame that it was missed in the sub, because I flipped over the sub for that one, and they all speak mm-hmm. regular Japanese for that. Mm-hmm. So it was a nice little detail in the English dub that, honestly, the dub enhanced the experience. Dang. That is, I mean, I could go and rewatch Princess Principle, and I think I, I might, because I do want to see the movies. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's a, a pretty fun experience, what I got to see, you know, I, and plus the, I'm not saying just I, with how it ended, I want more. Yeah. Well, who else? Who else? Chisei is pretty cool. Yeah, Chisei is pretty cool. She has that, uh. She's like the foreign exchange student, learning tr- uh, learning customs, sharing customs. <laughs> She's the Rolf. <laughs> <laughs> Life has many Onichans, Anji boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, her episode where she's learning about duels and stuff, that was a cute episode. Mm-hmm. This is such a cute a fun little episode, especially when she's eating that uh, those rotten beans, and Beatrice <laughs> is just flipping out about it. It's so cute. Yeah. This one of the things that makes me like the show is the relationship between all the girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but feel though that episode was a filler episode because it was it started out with her writing to her sister in far off Japan. <laughs> Uh, t- Japan <laughs> sidetrack in the English dub. In, in the English dub, they call it Japan. Mm-hmm. Which uh, Japan? Pretty funny, I guess. But when uh when she she's writing her letter to her sister in Japan, and uh of like, let me tell you about all my friends. Beatrice is very this. Dorothy is very that. It felt like a recap episode. Mm. Well, chronologically, I think it, it takes place right after they name themselves White Pigeon or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
and so chronologically it airs kind of late because it airs right before the plot hits you know like hits the fan yeah so it especially feels kind of out of place when you have the big plot coming to a head right after it and especially since it airs after um oh it doesn't air after the sad dorothy episode it airs after what episode aired before it oh the big episode yeah yeah, after the big episode, you can't do anything but go up, and it didn't go up. It had a slice of life episode, mm-hmm. so maybe not the best, the best to air there. I don't know. All the episodes have really fun names too. They mm-hmm. have like kind of a play on themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see, like uh, in order, all the episodes are Wired Liar, Dancy Conspiracy. Vice Voice, Roaming Pigeons, Bullet and Blades Ballad, Loudly Laundry, Remember the Laundry episode. <laughs> that one was really fun, though. Uh, Rogue Morgue, Pell-Mell Duel, Ripper Dipper, Ripper Dipper. <laughs> Comfort Comrade, Humble Double, and Fall Off the Wall. I love those names. They're very fun. They're just fun to say. They are very fun to say, and they, they're all they're all kind of related to what happens in that episode, too, mm-hmm. which I really love, especially, you know, like, you know, Loudly Laundry is the laundry episode. Yeah. It, it's just... Rogue Morgue is uh, the Dorothy episode. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be that guy, but I think it's Rouge Morgue. R-O-U-G-E. Is that Rouge? Rogue is R- yeah, that's Rouge. Rogue is R-O-G-U-E. Well, damn it. I, I mean, victim. I didn't want to... I didn't want to do that. I was sitting there going like... Uh, <laughs> well, why not do it to me? You did it to me two times in this episode already. I Made didn't look do like that a to damn you. fool. Oh my god, you correct me on my pronunciation on things like every episode. If I said something wrong, yeah. like if if you were not so confident in your Angie, you would have totally corrected me on that Ange, whatever. <laughs> You'd been like, Ange, 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 and I said, I'm for 100% certain it's Angie. <laughs> to be honest, I wish it was Angie. Angie looks and feels right, but Ange is what they said, so that's what I go with. Ange. Hmm. You know what else is great about Dorothy? She's twenty. <laughs> yeah, and they, they don't. So this is set in high school, as all anime are, and all yeah. the characters are like seventeen or so, except Dorothy, who is twenty, and posing as seventeen in high school, and all the characters, you know, make fun of her for that, talking about how Yay. she has to hide her wrinkles. Like I'm only twenty. They bully her for no reason. I'm like, I thought Dorothy was the same. Although there was that moment that I kind of thought I was not going to like Dorothy, and that's just because of my weird, like, not liking character anime characters who smoke and whatever. Yeah. When she was, like, pretending to do that on the, like, on the roof to get people away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Dorothy. And then she, like, coughed really bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, Dorothy, you're adorable. Yeah. She wears that dress really nice, though. She is adorable. I ah, where's my Dorothy merch at? Actually, <laughs> let me Google. Let me Google this real quick. 
Does Princess Principal have any merch? Is what I should ask. It should. It has six fucking movies. It better. I looked up shopping and all I found was a paper card from the movie. There's a bunch of Angie figures. Well, yeah. I think Angie is admittedly the most popular character because she's... Oh, I found a Dorothy Donkey. Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh, dear. What? I will post this in the host chat for you, my friend. Okay. Oh, you can get a Princess Principal playmat or a mouse pad. I could go for I could go for a mouse pad. Uh, yeah, I'm not really seeing too much merch unless it's Angie or a little bit of Princess. But you know, hey, yeah, what can you do? You check out that donkey. I'm it's in the host chat. At it. I'm going. I'm going. I'm weak. <laughs> I am a weak man. Possessed by only so much ability, and geez, where can I get two of those? You can get geez. it at playasia.com. I will gladly play Asia, thank you. And I will finally, you can find this image listener in Waifu Fight Club on our Discord by the time this episode comes out. If I remember. I'm just- you, I hope you do remember. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Finally, the waifu is legal. Yes. That makes it even better. So do you want to get to the spoiler chat? Uh, yeah, let's get to spoiler chat. Because uh, okay. the big stuff to talk about is, uh, you know, the big twist and, you know, the conspiracy that happens after. Okay. Oh, that's me. Uh, so yeah, it's like. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about is everything that happens from episode nine onwards, and maybe a little bit from previous episodes. But the big stuff happens episode nine onwards. Uh, if you want to uh, hear what we talk about without getting spoiled, you can find this on High Dive. Uh, otherwise. Let's go ahead and skip to 55 minutes and 25 seconds to hear our final thoughts and reviews or scores. You can also catch it on Amazon Prime Video, but why would you want to do that? Why would the fuck would you want to do that? I mean, High Dive is bad enough. I mean, High Dive isn't bad, but it's just like... At they, least a uh, small player works. Yeah, that's true. It crashed on me when I was trying to binge Princess Principal, so <laughs> I kind of have beef with that. I was actually binging the show, and then it said, how about uh, I crash? Mm-hmm. And I said, the one time I'm actually invested in an anime on you, and you want to crash. Anyways, yeah. Let's go ahead and say that every single plot twist in this anime was I could see coming, but then it happened, and I was surprised Pikachu face.
So we're we're in spoiler section now. Yes. So where all the dirty stuff happens. The big twist is that episode nine, Ripper Dipper. Mm-hmm. We've been teased this whole show about the prince. What's the what's the damn princess name? Hold on. Charlotte. Charlotte. That's a good name. Yeah. So Charlotte and Angie are very good friends. So much so that the rest of the team say, you know, they're really good friends. Something's up. <laughs> and we find out through some other episodes and dialogue that they're actually childhood friends. And we find out in the big episode that Angie is actually the princess and Charlotte is actually the lowborn. And when mm-hmm. they were having fun, you know, being friends and having a whole like uh, princess and the pauper type thing of like, oh, we're from different worlds or uh, no, what was that? Uh, What's that? What's that Nickelodeon or like Disney Channel sister show where they're like to the whatever? Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, and it turns out one day they were, you know, uh, the princess was sharing her clothes so that young, uh, young Angie could, uh, or young, Sh- the the young low young sh- young Charlotte. Uh, could live as a princess for a day. Anyways, while they were having fun, revolution broke out. As it is known to do. And the castle was stormed, and the actual princess was uh, hiding away, kind of injured in the bushes, and the lowborn was picked up by the royal guard and says, You have to help us, princess! And since then, for years... The uh, real princess has been trying to uh, find the uh, the quote-unquote fake princess, and the fake princess has been trying to live as an actual princess and make sure she doesn't get found out, because if she did, she would get killed, and war would break out. Mm-hmm. So, quick question to you, Matt, is that the original Lowborn, is her actual name Charlotte, or did... The princess and the other one switched their names. I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain that Charlotte, the current princess Charlotte's name was Angie, because it wouldn't be like these revolutionaries say, "Oh, hey, you're you're Charlotte now." Yeah, they would know her default by Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So Angie is Charlotte, and Charlotte is the Angie. Okay, that's what I how I viewed it at least. Okay, I'll I'll go with that. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, neurons were firing in my head. It's like, oh! <laughs> when they were getting into it about how they were, like how they look alike and how, uh, like their childhood memories. I'm like, wait a minute, did they get switched around? And then then they get yeah. switched around. I'm like, holy shit, this show is good. <laughs> I mean, I I totally I totally get that vibe because while it was something that they had left little teases up to that mm-hmm. point, like that there's more going on. I said I was like I think they might have swapped, but I'm not sure. I don't have concrete proof. Yeah, and then it happened, and I said, "Oh wow, Sue Goy." <laughs> Because, of course, when you're looking back, it's so obvious because uh, they've mentioned Operation Changeling where they're going to use Angie to replace the princess because 
Angie looked so much like the princess. And in so many of their missions, they had Angie disguised as the princess so that the princess wouldn't be put in actual danger. Mm -hmm. So looking back, it's like, well, fucking course they're switched because they look so much alike. It's all coming together. But in the moment, you think, oh, well, that's very handy. Well, Angie's a really good spy. She's a doppelganger spy. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. Because in the moment, I just said, oh, well, you know, that's pretty cool, I guess. Mm -hmm. that they look like each other. And then that reveal happens and it's, what? What? How dare you play me like this, princess (laughs) principal? And well, they did the same thing. Um, It's kind of an obvious spoil or an obvious sort of thing. But when Chise is trying to assassinate, you know, Junbei, mm-hmm. or, yeah, Junbei, and it's like, he killed my father, and I said, if that's your father <laughs> and you're pulling a Luke Skywalker or a Ben <laughs> Kenobi, I'm going to be kind of upset. But then it was, you did great, Chise. And I said, oh, I guess it wasn't our father, because he would have probably acted like a dad, but the, that was my father. And I said, okay. <laughs> did a whole, from a certain point of view... <laughs> from a certain point of view he never was my father this the show is filled with those 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 intense ending moments though like the up at that point the duke of normandy mm-hmm. and you know we know him as a bad guy and stuff and then in the first episode where they're at the dance they're at the the, the fall dance yeah and this guy's the who was it I cannot remember. Like another guy who is trying to defect. Mm-hmm. He says, "Help, we Duke of Normandy. Well, what's going on?" And he shoots him. There's too many of them. What are we going to do? <laughs> and the show's just filled with those kind of moments that, like, end the episode on such a high note. Mm-hmm. For example, Rouge Morg. <laughs> Where you, the entire episode is about Dorothy and his, her father mm-hmm. and their relationship and sort of the internal feelings that she's having going between him and all that. Yeah. It, it, it just that ending where he's confessing that he does love Dorothy and he's going to use the money to help her mm-hmm. and they're going to live happily. And then spy bitch kills him. <laughs> I don't know her name, but you know oh uh gazelle yeah gazelle gazelle (laughs) oh man gazelle gazelle is a very nice character very very beautiful character very beautiful all these characters are Mm -hmm. very beautiful the senpai uh lily was it lily it's not lily lily is the mean girl oh is that the one in the meetings well you're talking about that's no that's seven i know i okay i know that's seven (laughs) I'm very familiar. I'm talking about the character, you know, the the other episode that ended on a big, big actual bang mm-hmm. where she kills herself after Dorothy's trying, you know, to basically convince her to, uh, what's her name? Oh, was that her name? Prefect. Prefect. Oh yeah. Comfort comrade. Yeah. That was a heavy one. That was such a heavy episode. It, it hurt. Mm-hmm. Cause for one thing, what I love about this show, and you might agree with me on this, is that every episode has an intense sort of espionage moment. Yeah. With the Zeppelin 
infiltration, the dance where they're going to check to see if Angie has the key and then Princess manages to, you know, subvert the expectations and get away. Mm -hmm. And there's all these kind of moments in almost every episode. The fight with Chize and Jubei, which was looked pretty dang brilliant. Yeah. Every single episode that I saw had a fun espionage moment. It's just and the big stuff is when they uh, is when Zelda comes along, and then you have spies working against each other, like mm-hmm. out spying each other. Like Charlotte was going to do her key gambit again, where she takes the key and hides it somewhere, and then Zelda's like, "Hold on, check your pocket, make sure you actually got the key," and then. And then Charlotte's freaking out. Yeah. There there is also the um the one really intense moment was the oh, a note. <laughs> and then what's that? You shouldn't pick things that aren't your pick up things that you haven't you don't know where they're from. Mm-hmm. And I was tensed up. <laughs> and then it was just a test note to see if she would be caught. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many moments like that in the show that are butt clincher moments, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's twists like that that actually have a payoff and that actually make sense. They don't feel like ass grabs. Not at all. Or ass pulls, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I Sorry, mean... I was thinking about Dorothy. <laughs> Yeah, it's because everything doesn't kind of, it never hits those sort of moments where it's, they use something, they could easily, this show could easily just lapse back and say, we used the Calvinite to do this. Yeah. But even the Calvinite has limits to what can be done with it and how they use it. And it's never to the point where this world loses this sort of authentic feeling to it, mm-hmm. which it could easily it could easily like i've seen another steampunk sort of media which is why i kind of have beef with it is that it becomes too self-indulgent in the fact that it's wild wacky self you know like it's wild wacky steampunk mm-hmm. the, that's what great about the calf the cavanite is that Cavanite, it's yeah. a it's a prop but not the whole story so they don't use the they don't use the cavanite as like 
oh well I'm going to write I'm going to write this note with cavorite ink which will make it invisible until uh, lit up by a cavorite light and then once it's uh, red it will ignite the paper making it unreadable and mm-hmm. there's no like excessive techno babble where you th- it's not a magic system yeah which is great because mm-hmm. All this spy stuff, all this espionage, it's stuff you can understand from the get-go. Whereas a magic system, you have to explain it, you have to see if there's limitations, you have to see if there's subversions to those limitations. But no, the Cavrite is just a, uh, like a limit, limited use, uh, save the damsel type device where it keeps them from dying from falling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what functions well for it is that there's obviously love put into it to say that we're not going to just use, basically, we're not going to cheat it out. We're going to keep this grounded, Mm -hmm. which is great because that was a fear I kind of had was that it would lapse into just relying on that. And so I'm happy for that. That's what's great about this. Uh, this anime is that it could be transplanted from its setting right now to a Cold War setting and it would work just as well. Yeah, but the other thing that's also great about it, in my opinion, is that it uses what it has to make an overall sort of a sort of decorum Mm -hmm. in a way you know like the the what we haven't gotten onto, which I feel like we should have in the pre-spoiler section is the soundtrack is Angel makeout session, <laughs> not angel kiss. Angel makeout session, because so many of the the songs that jazz mm-hmm. is just it's so perfect and it adds so much to scenes. And that op is, whew. yeah, that op is fucking good. Even the ed too is really good. Oh, the ed is so cute, but it suffers from that uh that ed classic ed problem where it's and then i murdered my father happy music playing yeah <laughs> yeah that that's why they had to cut it out for the for the dorothy episode <laughs> yeah it, 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 but i'll just wait here for my father happy music time yeah i would have lost my mind Fun fact, that OP was actually nominated to be Best Opening in Crunchyroll's Joke of uh, an Anime (laughs) Awards, but it was beat by Peace Sign from My Hero Academia, which is the worst My Hero Academia opening ever. Fight me, I'm not wrong. I mean, it was competing against Sasageo from Attack on Titan Season Mm 2 and Peace Sign 1. That's just just sheerly proving that it was a fandom that dominated that because Sasageo and the other side of the wall are both stellar ops Mm -hmm. attack on titan is just cheating unless it's that one op the uh uh what was it take take me to heaven or whatever it was that really awkward one they had for uh the one that made it seem like a slice of life yeah oh yeah Uh, I feel that. That one I didn't like at all. It, it, it's Sasageo. It's, you know, the one. It's the Sasageo, Sasageo. That one. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it'd be tough. If we were back in 2018 right now, I would struggle between the two. Yeah. But I definitely wouldn't vote peace sign. <laughs> 
I'm 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 bitter about the Crunchyroll awards that have already happened. Now that I'm aware of the the nominees, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm retroactively upset. Maybe that'll be an episode. Every time the Crunchyroll anime awards are wrong. Wow, that'll keep us back long for the rest of the year. Lick my fat butthole Crunchyroll <laughs> anime awards. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, we talking about? Yeah, so the the everything that just is combined into the show for the sake of furthering its aesthetic, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it all works really well. Uh, continuing what I said, it could be perfectly suited in a Cold War scenario or in any mm-hmm. kind of espionage scenario. But the mm-hmm. advantage that this Cavarite setting gives is, I guess, it allows the author to have control over their world. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you said in real world events, then you have a lot of actual history to contend with. Whereas this, you have Cavarite. It makes it makes the British the central world power so you can just have a set London and make it Victorian and you can have the kingdoms be like right next to each other and you can have this device and then the other side is trying to steal the information to make their own device and then there uh, and then there's the arms race mm-hmm. so the uh, the setting serves the story but the story can st- stand on its own right that's very true. That's a good point. There's just so much that the show does right, and it's obviously product. It's an anime original. Well, god which- damn! I know. It's it, it it just is such a great show. Oh yeah, we didn't mention who did this. It looks like two studios did this: Studio Actus, who did Girls on Panzer, uh, Mermaid Melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't see anything that's jumping out at me. Let me a trained oh, weeaboo eye. They did cyborg. They did cyborg zero zero nine versus Devil Man. Yeah, I thought <laughs> there, there there's nothing going on here. They did nothing. It was also worked on by Studio Three. Hertz, which also did sort out online alternative flip flappers. Mm. Uh, rifle is beautiful. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, flip flip flappers. That was the other one that uh that IKEA plant recommended. And it's by a lot of the same team, so I might check that out. Yeah, they did a bunch of Dimension W. So yeah, there's the pedigree. I mean. I will be watching this this team with great interest. Yeah, if this is an anime original, whew. Well, so is Flip Flappers, too. That's why I'm kind of interested in Flip Flappers now. Damn, anime originals are good. <laughs> Mostly. You say, you say that, and then you're going to watch it, and then you're going to say, uh, uh, anime originals suck. <laughs> and before... Flip flip flappers had me flip flopping on whether I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) The episode's right there. Yeah. All we have to do is reach out and touch it. (laughs) (laughs) Consentingly, of course. Mm -hmm. 
Dang, that's wild. I, I, it looks like this uh, that studio we were talking about does do a lot of original work too. So yeah, dang, <laughs> dang, Studio Three Hertz, where you been all my life? Out here making the good sort of online. Yeah, that that is the good sort of art online. I'm not wrong. Any sort of online without Kirito is a good one. Oh, perish. I mean, perish. That's the truth. That's the gospel truth. It's been written down in stone tablets. It was dug up from the Dead Sea Scrolls and said, All Sora Online's without Kirito are good. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> wow. I will freely admit that the Rosario, the Mother's Rosario, where he's hardly in it, was the best arc that I'd ever seen. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe the problem with Sword Art Online is the Sword Art Onlineer. Mm-hmm. Mm. This show this is so good. This show makes me want made me want to watch anime after I finished it. For real. It makes me want to watch the movies. Oh I mean, we have an anime podcast. Yeah. We could we could cover the movies. We gotta watch the movies. I wanna. We gotta watch them. I wanna. I want to watch the movies and then record an episode on it. Instead of we got to record an episode, so let's watch this movie. Yeah. That's how you know you got a good show. When it- That's how you know, which means that the rest of y'all who have to rec- who recommend stuff have to live up to what Ikea Plant did to you. Yeah, so which is un- step up, Ikea Plant. You set the standard for yourself. Yeah, you made all of it. Everybody is going to hate you because <laughs> I think both of us legitimately enjoyed Flip Flappers to an extreme degree. You mean Princess Principal? What did I say? You said flip, flip flappers. <laughs> I I stand by what I said. I'm gonna like flip flappers now. I can't. It's magic. It's my whole shoujo. I've gotta like it. It's my principle. It's my identity. Yeah. Where my whole shoujo march is coming right at you. But Mark, March Mecha Madness. March Mecha Madness flop. Don't even pretend. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares about Pat Labor <laughs> except Jeff and Dan. <laughs> uh, so anything else we have to say about the show? I think we said before all. We th- all of- before we go what? Before we, we have to go and leave in the episode. I think that's it. We said what we liked about it we talked about the spoilers talked about the characters i think we made a good case about why people should watch it and why people should watch dorothy Mm -hmm. Uh, i just even her such an old woman name but she rocks it she does you don't know any like dorothy's who aren't over 50 in real life or beatrice's for that matter and when was the last time you saw a charlotte out walking around or an aunt or an angie uh there was this Really mean girl in my high school named Angie. Mm. She bullied me. Angie made you angry? Ah, uh, no, she didn't make me angry. It wasn't even that much of a bullying. It was just that I was a dork. Anyways, uh, so final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts. So Princess Principal is a very well-made spy flick. Uh, lots of very creative espionage. A nice setting that does not overtake the uh the story at large wonderful cast of characters who all have their own walks of life who all bring their uh bring their lot to the table and have wonderful interactions with each other make a nice team cohesion where it's it's 
each character has their own skill set to bring to uh, each mission, very much like Ocean's Eleven or any of the other like heist movies or spy movies out there. Mm. And it's one of those shows where the twist, even when, if you see the steps leading up to it, it can still like blow your mind and it makes sense. And that's great. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack is good. The, uh, the dub is actually really good, which is surprising and, and uh, well, not surprising, but very delightful. Mm-hmm. Setting's good. The aesthetic is good. The uh, cinematography is good that we noticed in the first few episodes, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the filler episodes, like uh, the dual episode and the laundry episode, uh, serve to, you know, build up the characters and give them time to shine and add mm-hmm. to like the overall world that they're living in. I'm a, mm. I enjoyed the show and I'm very excited to watch the movies that come after it. So I'm giving this a nine out of 10. Dang. Yeah. Wow. And I, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I had to sit down and think about what I didn't like about the show and I did not like, or there was not much that I didn't like. Interesting. Uh, so my final thing, my final thoughts is as I was watching this was it was a consistently entertaining show. It had an amazing soundtrack, but I'm also a huge lover of jazz. And by Mm -hmm. a huge lover of jazz, I mean, I just put on random playlists and enjoy every minute of it. (laughs) Not that I actually know anything about jazz, but I know it's bumping. Anyways, so everything in the show builds up perfectly in in and on itself. The aesthetic works really well. The settings, the just the locations, everything works really well and plays up and builds up this to be a very engaging show and with very fun character dynamics and real espionage and stakes that happen throughout the um, plot it becomes kind of hard not to let this show win you over which is surprising for me because i went in thinking it was the most tolerable of all of ikea plants choices (laughs) which i'm sorry to say because <laughs> I didn't know what flip flappers was, I thought it was I thought it was gonna be something else. Anyways, so I thought it was the most tolerable choice, and then I saw, oh, it's steampunk. Well, I suffer for my art, I guess, <laughs> for the fans. And as I watched it, I was won over completely and unrepentantly. So while there are some things I didn't like as much in other aspects. The one of the biggest plots was one of the biggest faults I actually have with it is that quote unquote filler episode with Chise mm-hmm. doing nothing but stall kind of the plot, especially after some big stakes moments. I overall really enjoyed the show and surprisingly so. But I thought about it for a while and I was stuck between a seven and eight and a nine. Mm-hmm. And I was I definitely ruled out seven when I thought about it. I said, there's no way it's a seven. But I said, is it an eight or is it a nine? And I, and I legitimately thought hard about this. Normally, I just whip out numbers so we can end this episode. But I legitimately <laughs> thought about it after I finished. And for the stagnation that happens later on, it still wholly won me over. But I just doesn't feel right to me from what I've given a nine to give this a nine, you know? Yeah. So... I gave it an 8, but that's by mouth standards. This is a heavy 8.5. A hard 8.5. Yeah. Like, very hard. 
8.5. Like, looking at Dorothy for too long, hard. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> so, 8.5 from me. That's a good score. That's a good score. That's not a bad score at all. I feel good about my score. I feel like it matches up with all my other nines. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like I I finished this and I said she's gonna give it a nine. I felt it. <laughs> I felt the nine coming, and you gave it a nine. Right up there with Lupin the Third, the first. I would also like to point out that Princess Principle is my two hundred and fiftieth anime on my completed list on my anime list. Wow. Yeah. What am I at? I'm at one sixty four. Dang. 250 anime. Maybe that'll be an episode of December ranking them all. <laughs> so, three hour long episode. <laughs> I don't have a sick way. I gotta end this so I can go to the bathroom real quick. And speaking of bathrooms, <laughs> we have been the Otaku Melancholy Podcast. <laughs> we have been your hosts, Bash and Audrey. Catch us on our website at otakumelancholy.com where you can find our previous episodes and you can download our previous episodes, which should be a really tubular if you, if you want to. You can also catch our social media, our Twitter, Facebook, Fuck Facebook. Our Twitter, Instagram, uh, Discord, and Patreon. Shout out to our patrons. Give them the list, Matt. Thanks to our patrons, Chris S., Cream Puff Coon, Darth Egg, Ikea Plant, Mellow, and Moe Soda. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash otakumelancholy. And for $3 a month, you can have general predictions of what the future episodes will be. <laughs> you'll also get extra bonus episodes when we put them out. And you'll also get to ask the Patreon Q&As, which should be airing at the start of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And what else will you get? I think that's pretty much it. You'll also get access to a super secret supporter channel and also a super secret title on your your Discord name. And in it, we talk about all the other people in the Discord. And geez, nobody likes that syrups fellow. <laughs> that's a joke. We don't talk about anything except memes, I guess. Yeah. It's all it's all it's, it's gifs. It's all gif reactions to something else someone said. Anyways, or gif speak- reactions if you're cultured. You can't you man. You suck my dick. Anyways, speaking of people who might have sucked some dick, today's <laughs> quote comes from Nicholas Copernicus. <laughs> to know that we know what we know, and to know that we do not know what we do not know, that is true anime. And he was burned by the church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or, or am I thinking of Galileo Galilei? Maybe both. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they both got burned by the church. The church does not, does not like to learn anything. They are not very a big fan of uh, of learning. How did Copernicus die, Google? Oh, for God's sakes, man. Finish the shit up. My bladder's about to burst. Well, he died of a cerebral hemorrhage, just in case you're curious. They're a hemorrhage? Just, anyway. A hemorrhage. <laughs> uh, all right. Bye-bye. Take care. Gokigenyo. The fuck no you more call me? I called you. I said, I hope you keep having a happy day.
don't know. It's something like that. Literally translated, of course. That's my new thing. It literally, literally translates to I wish you stay feeling happy. If things were not the same, I don't know what I do. Imagine me now, feeling now. See me walk in the street, then catch your. 